Hello, everyone. I'm Dalton Burdett. I'm Nick Iricchio. And we are the Movie Knights. Well, some of them. If you're watching this because you want to hear our uncensored, unfiltered thoughts and opinions in the world of movies and, and entertainment, so kick back, relax, and the Movie Knights Roundtable begins now. We're going to blow past the little tongue-tied that I got and move right into the movie news section of our show. Yes, absolutely. In this section of our show, we break down the latest stories in the trades and explain what's going on to you, the people. So, Nicholas, what first movie news story do you have for us? Uh, so this one's not really a major story, but more of a follow-up to something we talked about last week, uh-huh. and that is the trouble on uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Megalopolis set. Yes, right. Uh, so Deadline, he actually sent a quote to Deadline. Ooh, Francis? Yes. Ooh. So uh, the iconic filmmaker... Uh, disputed a trade report that conflated turnover in the visual effects and arts department to paint a picture of a run, runaway train using words like peril, ballooning, budget, crew exodus, and chaos. Quote sent to them was, I love my cast. I love what I'm getting each day. I am on schedule and on budget, and that's what's important to me. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, good there we have Francis it. Coppola. I've also heard that Adam Driver also may have sent in something. But hey, listen. The... Could this be the greatest PR team in history at work? Absolutely. Could it be the truth? And maybe what we reported last week from The Hollywood Reporter was a little bit out of proportion? Mm -hmm. Probably. We're not going to know until weeks after the movie comes out when all the NDAs are expired, (laughs) and then we'll find out some stuff. Well, I'm pretty sure that the people leaving was... Yeah, that that happened. That is correct. But I I think The Hollywood Reporter was taking away of all these people are leaving, these people were fired, and it's chaos. And Mm -hmm. they're saying, I fired people, people left, but we're Gucci. But it's fine. That's basically their their response. So just wanted to bring that to you guys as a little back and forth that's been going on. We try to keep stories going as we hear more things. Mm -hmm. So thank you for bringing that in, Nicholas. What do you got for us next? Our next story comes to us from The Hollywood Reporter. Dalton, you know what you can't do? What can't you do? Keep a good evil doll down. That's right. <laughs> Especially one that's making a killing at the box office. <laughs> James Wan's Atomic Monster and Jason Blum's Blumhouse Banners on Wednesday officially announced a sequel to Megan or Meg Threen. <laughs> um, the horror sensation that opened in theaters on January 6th, aptly titled Megan 2.0. The script is being written by Akila Cooper, who wrote the original, and there's even a release date, January 17th, 2025. So this comes as no surprise with how much money that this movie's been making, which I'm sure we'll get into here in a minute also. But at the same time, um, I still haven't seen it. I know you have. Mm -hmm. I am so behind on movies. Let me tell you, this week, I'm doing a killing, bruh. I've actually canceled appointments to make sure I get to get some movies. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's going to be great. But also, um, with this sequel announcement, I do have a question for you, though. Mm Mm-hmm. Are you upset at the title? Okay, listen. <laughs> I, I'm upset and also impressed. Yeah. Because it makes complete sense and I yeah. didn't think of it. Because yes. I'm like, well, what are they going to do? Megan 2 with a 3. We're going to get so many numbers going on. Yeah. It's a robot. Updates. Solid. I'll they give them that. They, they got gotcha. you. I'll give them that. And they said, fuck, this is going in January. They're re- horror movies are really trying to take back January. They are, because for for many, many years, as you know, January used to be this dumping ground for movies where Mm -hmm. they were just like, oh, this movie sucks, doesn't work, and put it in January. It's after the Christmas season. We know they're not going to do very well. We'll just kind of let them out to die, basically. And like you've said, it's an astute point. Horror, because that's where they put a lot of horror movies in that category. Horror has said, no, January... We're going to take that shit back, and we're going to make sure that our movies are fucking good in January, because we've seen that a number of times now, even in the pandemic with, um, I believe, 
Did the Empty Man open in January? It might have. But anyway. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, but it's a very astute point. Well, didn't Get Out come out in like February or yes, something? Yes, yes. When that was released. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, there's still January movies. I oh, mean, yeah. Our movie review today is playing, which we'll get into. <laughs> but um, I'm I'm impressed that they were able to, that they're getting it. I'm happy for James Wan's team. I'm happy for Jason Blum's team. I'm happy uh, for Akila Cooper, because she also wrote the screenplay for Malignant. Yes. Which is rad, and I'm very sad we're not talking Please about Malignant Please make Malignant too. Yes. So you guys can't see it, but I uh, Nick got me a new sticker for my laptop that just says, I'd rather be watching Malignant, the film directed by James Wan. Yeah. <laughs> and these, I love it so these much. These are just facts. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, Megan's sequel. Did you like it? <laughs> <laughs> that was so beautiful. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, what do you guys think of the Megan sequel coming? Let us know as we move on to our next story. Nicholas, what you got for us next? Next story comes to us from Deadline. Antoine Fuqua... Uh, is set to direct Michael, a Lionsgate drama telling the complex life story of the iconic singer Michael Jackson. A script is in by John Logan, and the film will be produced by Graham King, who turned the Freddie Mercury Queen story into the blockbuster Oscar Best Picture-nominated Bohemian Rhapsody. GK Films will produce alongside the co-executors of Jackson's estate, John Branca and John McClane. No way. That's pretty awesome. Bruce Willie. <laughs> that is pretty awesome. So, yes, um, this is something that's been in the works for a really long time. Uh, Michael Jackson biopic. Um, look, I love Anton Fuqua. I think he's a fantastic filmmaker. What else has he made? The Equalizer with Denzel Washington. Sold. And he's currently doing the third one right now. Wait, um, they're making a third Equalizer? Oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah. Is Pedro Pascal coming back? I, I doubt it. No. <laughs> um, but he's done a lot of great films. He did the Magnificent Seven remake, I believe. It's, it, it was so way good. better than it had any right to be. So good. Yeah, um, but he's done a lot of great films. And he just did Emancipation on Apple, right? He did. That was yes, his with Will Smith. Yes, it was. Yeah, um, he's like I said, a great filmmaker. Um, and going into the article, it actually does mention that the film will talk about the obviously very controversial, um, you know, mol- molestation allegations with Michael Jackson. That mm-hmm. the film is not going to shy away from those. I'm at least happy knowing that they're not going to just ignore that. Because it was a very huge part of Michael Jackson's life and career, and I think to ignore it would be just a blatant disregard. You know what I mean? Especially when it's literally one of the first things you think of when you think of Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a lot. Mm -hmm. But um, here's the thing, though: how do you cast this dude? And who wants to take it? You know? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Because you know we have when it comes to musical biopics, right? We've had Elton John, right? Where we had Taron Egerton. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Rami Malek playing Freddie Mercury. And these are some of the best musicians, mm-hmm. right? Like they're icons. Austin Butler is Elvis. Austin Butler is Elvis, right? Here's the thing. Like Michael Jackson is literally one of the most popular recording artists of all time. Yeah. Recognizable globally, you know. And he and he's known for having a very specific unlike anything other type of personality. Are we going to have like an Austin Butler situation where some actors going to be walking around talking like this? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, all I know is I think Anton Fuqua is a good choice. And I think whoever they decide to cast, he's going to be able to direct very well. Would you go unknown? If it was me? Yeah. I would either go unknown or A-list. I wouldn't go in between. You know what I mean? What would you count Austin Butler as? Because like he was, he had his Disney Channel moments. And I would then say he had, before and then he, Elvis, I'd say he was C or B list, okay. probably B list, because he just did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which he was very good in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like someone of that level. 
I see. I would go over someone that. I mean, I'm going. We hold auditions for someone who's never acted before. Yeah. Like someone who I would consider an unknown was Gabriel Labelle, who just did Fablemans. Okay. Like yeah. I would take brand new or A list. Yeah. I think that's the way to go with this role. Interesting. Because you know, when you hear this, a lot of actors' ears have perked up, going, "Oh, like that sounds like something interesting to play." Because they love challenges in that way. Yeah, and then also. You're going to have the transition because obviously he went through like the... Mm-hmm. All the prosthetic changes and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So would he even cast at that point too? I, I like, think they're going to just stick with one actor and do makeup with them. Yeah. Because to me, if you're an actor... Well, you, the little young will be a, a kid. Yeah, of course. But I, I think older. as an actor, you want to be able to have that makeup done to you. So Because obviously it's not going through the same thing that Michael Jackson went through, but it's at least putting you in that headspace mm-hmm. of like... I'm now changed. I'm now different. Because yeah. a lot of actors will tell you costuming and makeup does wonders for getting into character. Like, it's amazing. Like, you might be not in the right headspace, but suddenly you put on a cloak that your character has, and then mm-hmm. you're and then that you're person. There. Like, and so I think an actor would want to mm-hmm. do that for that role. It'll be interesting. It will. It That's, will be. At least they got, you know, they're getting a caliber director. It's mm-hmm. going to be some like VOD cheap biopic yeah absolutely uh what do you guys think about the new michael jackson biopic coming from anton fuqua let us know in the comments as we move on to our next news story nicholas what do you got for us next next one comes to us from the hollywood reporter uh the boogeyman the adaptation of a stephen king short story uh by disney arm 20th century studios is getting a theatrical release after initially being made for the company's streaming service hulu uh, the movie, directed by Rob Savage and produced by 21 Laps, the banner behind Stranger Things, had a surprisingly muscular test screening in December that made studio executives and producers reconsider their release strategy. They also showed the movie to King along with the, the new plans, who gave them a thumbs up. Yeah, so I kind of wanted to bring this into the fray because I think that we've been seeing a lot, the trend recently of movies that were made for streaming getting promoted, if you will, to mm-hmm. theatrical releases. And, you know, I love horror. I love, you know, small movies. And it looks like that's the case again. We just talked about Evil Dead Rise a few weeks ago, which was supposed to be an HBO Max release, yeah. was potentially going to be canceled in shelves. But then Zazlav was like, uh-uh-uh, theaters. And now this is happening on the Disney and Hulu side, which I think is a new thing we haven't seen from them yet. From Disney, yeah. And um, so I have a couple questions with this. One... How awesome is this movie? Because they made the change at a test screening. And they did the same with Evil Dead Rise. But, like, that shows me that, oh, my God, we're de- like what a mistake to put this on streaming. And we all know how I feel about putting movies in theaters first. So this is a win for me. <laughs> However, my other question, and this is a bit selfish of me. Why not do this for Prey? For the Prey sequel, the Predator Prey sequel, can we please put that one in theaters? <laughs> well, clearly between because Hulu did Prey, mm-hmm. which was met to very well acclaim yeah. from, not well acclaimed, but like received very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also did the Hellraiser reboot, which I hadn't seen, but I heard like- I heard it's good. It's good. Yeah. So clearly they're like, well, shit, we're fucking up here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we need to get the net. What's What else we got in the line? They're like, Stephen King goes- <laughs> yes theaters now <laughs> theaters put it there now uh and with stephen king you know you're getting 95 percent of a good movie and an ending <laughs> yep so, absolutely um and i'm sure maine's cheap to film in <laughs> yeah oh yeah it's uh i have not heard of this short story though i mean obviously the boogeyman invokes a yeah. certain feeling yeah. off the gate but mm-hmm. 
Uh, I haven't. I'm not familiar with Rob Savage though. Do you know him offhand? Uh, not off the top of my head. No. Mm-hmm. So Rob Savage, it looks like directed host, which you actually talked about last week. Yes. Yes. You okay. Said he was yeah. In the style yeah. of missing. Yes. Yes. I um, didn't realize he was directed. So that. he's directing that, and that looked to be like one of the only really kind of bigger things that he did. Mm-hmm. A couple of shorts here and there, but I mean. Lee Cronin hasn't really done much, mm-hmm. and Evil Dead Rice looks rad, so yeah. I'm fully on board for the Boogeyman. Oh, yeah. No, I'm I'm on board, too. What do you guys think about the new Boogeyman film being promoted to a theatrical release? Let us know in the comments. But before we move on, uh, I I knew when I was mentioning Anton Fuqua, I'm like, there's a movie I'm forgetting about. It's fucking Training Day. <laughs> that movie's amazing, and that's what put him on the map. <laughs> so, like, it was going to bug me. I was like, yeah. what am I forgetting about? But then I, when I was going through his IMDb, he also made Shooter. <laughs> With Mark Wahlberg, the more you think the sniper. <laughs> yes, I love that movie. It's so good. But I uh, seen but that yeah, one in years. Oh, he also made The Guilty, which you watched with Gyllenhaal, about the nine one one operator. Oh yeah, the COVID yeah one yeah that was that was solid yeah was tense enough it was mm-hmm. one of those like one actor location things yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. solid yeah good guy looking forward to it. So to wrap up the movie news section of our show, we are going to do the B-roll stories. What are B-roll stories? Well, those are stories that we didn't have time to dive into in depth, but we still wanted to give you guys the headlines and let you know what's going on. Nick, what's first up on the B-roll? Our first B-roll story, Chad Stileski, the director of the John Wick movies, has been tapped to direct the feature project that is serving as a Michael B. Jordan action vehicle. What's that movie, you may be asking? Well, that is a follow-up to the Tom Clancy movie, Without Remorse, and this one is Uh, Rainbow Six. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting about this one is this one seems to be having a theatrical release here by Paramount. And Paramount actually did make the first one. But during COVID, right, 2021, they decided to uh, just have Amazon distributed. So Mm -hmm. Amazon handled the distribution of that movie. Yeah. And look, that's great to hear. I never ended up watching that movie. But if you're telling me Chad Stileski is going to make the sequel, I'm going to watch the sequel. Yeah. I mean, I'm a completist, so I might watch the first movie now. But (laughs) Chad's fantastic action. Anything Chad Stileski makes, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. Mm -hmm. I love his work on John Wick, and I think this is really exciting and good for Paramount for being like sequel theaters. Let's go. What you got next? Uh, Following her acclaimed performance in The Whale, which included a recent Critics' Choice Award nomination, Sadie Sink has found her next film. She's set to star in Searchlight's Odessa, a uh, rock opera with Jeremy Gasper directing. Penned by Gasper, Jasper, with original songs written and produced by Jasper and Jason Binnick, the film reunites producers Michael Gottwald and the Department of Motion Pictures' Noah Stahl. All worked on uh, Jasper's breakout hit, Patty Cakes, which I have not seen. Yeah, neither have I, but hey, good for Sadie Sink. And rock operas sound great. I'm there. I'm sold. What you got for us next? <laughs> um, former DC... <laughs> <laughs> That's how you should start every sentence when you start former DC. <laughs> former DC Films head Walter Mata has kicked off the new year with the launch of his new production banner, 18 Hertz Productions, and is making key hires. Oh. Nathan Somdahl, the former Paramount executive who was instrumental in making the horror hit Smile, will act as the company's senior VP, while Nick Romano has been tapped as creative executive. Interesting. So we reported recently that Walter Romano was moving to Paramount to oversee their horror, kind of like how we used to with Warner Brothers in the Conjuring mm-hmm. universe, and it looks like he's getting ready to go and... With that hit being Smile, they're they're moving forward. He's starting it up. I find it quite fun because we were speculating, oh, what studio is going to hire him? And mm-hmm. Walter Mom was like, no, I'm just making my own. Yeah. And you're like, you know what? And he's working with Paramount, so. Go on, yeah. That's Hey, we've spoken ad nauseum about how much we love Paramount. They, <laughs> Paramount has only fucked up once in the past, like, 10 years, and that's not getting Nev Campbell back for Scream 6. That's the only time they fucked up in, like, recent memory. Everything that we else, know of. Yes. Everything else has been win after win after win. 
Anyway, what's next for us on the B-roll? Our last one is a new installment of Tron is coming back online. Uh, Disney is in early negotiations to set Joaquim Ronning to direct Jared Leto in Tron Ares. What a sentence. The crew <laughs> film is crewing up eyeing an August start date in Vancouver. Try and try as they might. Hollywood will not give up on Jared Leto. No, they, they won't. No, they won't. But also they won't give up on this third Tron movie because this thing's yeah. been in development hell since like 2017, I think. Because I'm pretty sure we first heard rumblings of this with Jared Leto right after Blade Runner 2049 was happening. Yeah. And like he was kind of riding that wave. Um, hey, there are a lot of people, fans of the Tron franchise. I saw the second one once a long time ago. I don't I, I don't remember anything about that movie. And I've never, ever actually seen the original Tron. Has the discourse online about the second one been positive? Yes, because I think I think Joseph Kaczynski made it. Seems odd then, like, where's the hold up? And it was a sequel yeah. to the original. Yeah. It was kind of marketed as a reboot, but it is a sequel. Yeah. And it's, look, I'm happy for the people who love this franchise, and I hope it's good. Although, with this current director, and I don't mean to talk shit, but, like, the director that they have, if you look at what he's done in the past... Not always been great. The uh, Maleficent Mistress of Evil, which is the second Maleficent movie, and uh, Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man Tell No Tales, the last installment of the Pirates But hey, this could also be a case of him just being set up to fail because there are some projects where it's like, we'll give you a bunch of money, but we need it to get made. (laughs) You know, it's the script's bad, everything's bad, please help us. Listen, if Disney wants to pay me to make a flop, I'll fucking do it. Dude, that's what... Exactly. That's I'll the do dream. The yes, that, I don't that care. That is the dream. That is the dream. Or, I'll, be, I'll be a studio's fall guy any day. Or you can be Guy Ritchie, make a kick-ass King Arthur movie that flops so hard at the box office that you somehow get to direct Disney's live-action Aladdin, and then that movie makes over a billion dollars. So then you're like, fuck you guys. I know I'm good at this shit. And then you make The Gentleman, which rules. Yes, absolutely. When's his new movie come out, by the way? I feel like it's been delayed like four times. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not joking. I'm 90% positive the poster for it has been in the AMC yeah. since like 2019. I know. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on with that movie. It's like with Aubrey Plaza, too. Yeah, like Now's yeah. the time to un- unlock that. Aubrey Plaza yeah. is massive right now. Yeah, I know. That's It, it blows my mind. blows mm-hmm. my mind. Anyway, that will conclude the movie news section of our show. And with that, we're going to move on to the next section of our show, which is the box office. The box office. So, Nick, what was our predictions what were our predictions for the box office this week yes so dalton you had avatar megan puss in boots plane missing i had avatar megan puss in boots missing then plane interesting interesting so one thing to point out um this is sunday and these are not the final box office numbers Mm -hmm. so there are a few things that aren't going to be updated as of right now we don't have any reported numbers for plane. Interesting. So why is plane holding out? I I do not know, but I don't think it matters because unless plane had almost no drop, it probably wouldn't be in the top five because it made ten million dollars last week, mm-hmm. and the number five movie has made nine. Ah, uh, okay. So unless it literally either increased or didn't have a drop, mm-hmm. which is possible, and in the Monday numbers, which I put in the description, you'll be able to see that. But this top five, pretty surprising. Go on. Coming in number one, Avatar The Way of Water. Whoa. Making $19.6 million in its sixth week, dropping 40% from last week. Coming in at number two, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, dropping 21%, making $11.5 more million in its fifth week. Megan had a drop-off then, huh? Coming in third, Megan dropping 46%, a drop-off, making $9.8 million. Now, these three are close. 
So these are probably jump around in the final numbers. Coming in fourth was Missing mm. in its opening weekend, making $9.3 million. And coming in fifth, A Man Called Otto, making $9 million. That movie's sticking around, huh? It is sticking around, and it's not going anywhere. Listen, the people love Tom Hanks. Gotta give them Tom they, Hanks. They do like Tom Hanks. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. So we'll see where Plane ends up going. It probably, if, if, it, if it had a normal drop, it probably made like five or six million. Yeah. But we'll have to see based on where that goes. But let's dive into the box office numbers a little bit more here. Uh, Avatar has now passed 1.97. It's hit, hitting it this weekend. It's got probably it. Probably next weekend. It's getting it. I'm finally seeing it. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited. excited. Um, Puss in Boots now has $264 million worldwide. Great for that movie. <laughs> Megan is at 100. Crossed 100 million. It's at 100.02. Yeah, good, good for that. You know, I'm happy for Blum and Juan. Mm-hmm. I do. You know, my thoughts on the movie aside, I'm very excited for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I don't know how much uh, missing cost to make. Let me look that up really quick. <laughs> how much does a MacBook cost? <laughs> <laughs> That's stop pretty it. Good. Stop it. Okay, so according to Wikipedia, the budget was seven million, and it's open to nine. So AO. It's pretty good. It's probably gonna eventually be cross profitability probably next week. And A Man Called Otto, starring good old Tim Hanks, has now made $38 million worldwide. So that's that's doing pretty well. All right, so Nicholas, let's go mm-hmm. ahead and do our predictions for next week. Yes. Uh, what's coming out this week? Uh, I know a movie called Fear is coming out, and okay. the new Infinity Pool movie. I believe, is it Cronenberg's son who's making it? Something. All I know is Mia Goth is in it. And yes, and we, we love Mia Goth. We do. Absolutely. However, I don't think that necessarily equals box office dollars, unfortunately. No. So, unfortunately, I don't think Fear or Infinity Pool are going to crack in the top five of the box office. I think we're going to see a repeat. And that's, you know, we don't know Plane's numbers yet. That's assuming Plane dropped out of the top five. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to say, number one, Avatar The Way of Water. Number two, I'm going to give it to Puss in Boots again. Puss in Boots The Last Wish, if it's still holding like that. Mm-hmm. Number three, I'm going to do Megan again. Number four, I think Missing is going to drop. I think number four is going to be A Man Called Auto. I think it's going to stay in another week. And number five, I'm going to do Missing. Okay. This is assuming that plane has not made more than Megan Missing or A Man Called Auto. Um, yes. I am going I'd to be happy to see Infinity Pool get in there, but I don't think it will. I'm going to go Avatar, Megan, Puss, Missing, Auto. All right. Probably a whack prediction, but eh. Let's let's get some variety going. That's all right. I think it's going to be great. We'll have to see. And now we're going to move on to the movie review section of our show. So I once again let all of you down, as <laughs> I consistently do all the time, and I did not see a movie this week. I'm I'm catching up, dude. I did that thing that I do every January where I screenshot every release that comes out, both yeah. streaming and theatrical, and I'm just going to start ticking off the list, bro. I can't wait. What's on the schedule for this week? <sighs> Megan, Plane, and... um, um missing if i can get searching in if not i'm gonna go back and watch puss in boots because i really need to watch it i've heard it's mm-hmm. great and i'm also gonna try to catch skin in my rink as well okay because i've it's had that limited theatrical run uh but are you waiting for oscar uh nominations to come out before you go are you gonna retroactively watch a few things uh it depends if there's like, like if there's ones. any like big surprises yeah like i'll go check them out but well, yeah. do you think you'll try to at least get the uh the top 10 Best picture. I think I may have well, seen already them. gotten them, <laughs> but fair. But we'll not not according to my predictions. So if my predictions are right, we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, but I might do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, what movie did you see this last weekend? Oh well, well, Dalton lets you all down. I'm out here to lift you up <laughs> because <laughs> you goddamn know if there's a cheesy action movie in it, I will be seeing it. Thousand percent. And this week I viewed. 
Plane, the new Gerard Butler, Mike Coulter movie. Give it to us. And boy, oh boy, was it rad. <laughs> so here's the thing. After a quick letterboxed analysis, I have seen, this was my fifth Gerard Butler movie. I've seen all three How to Train Your Dragons, and I've seen the Bounty Hunter rom-com with him and Jennifer Aniston. Tell you what, this guy's got a future as an action star. I think he needs to like double Dude, down into it. So just real quick, <laughs> gotta do 300. Mm-hmm. Gotta do Olympus Has Fallen. The sequels, whatever. Okay. Gotta do Olympus Has Fallen. I really wanted to watch Cop Shop that came out last year. And I've heard that Cop Shop is great. I also haven't seen that. But yeah, please watch more of his stuff. Mm -hmm. Carry Uh, on. (laughs) Also, I'm pretty sure Olympus Has Fallen, Anton Fuqua, now that I'm thinking about it. (laughs) Another one. But anyway, go ahead. Um, Earlier in the show... Uh, we talked about January movies, how horror is trying to reclaim it. Well, Plane is trying to just run the course on it. It is fine. It is very enjoyable. It actually surprised me in times. It's uh, surprisingly not as action-heavy as the trailers make it out to be. Um, but at the same time, does have lots of action, you know. But there was actually a really intense thrill bookending the movie i think the first 20 minutes are fantastic and i think the last 20 minutes are rad as hell the middle hour you're kind of like i'm enjoying this i guess Mm -hmm. you know it's about what you expect from a movie like this um my favorite thing coming out of it was gerard butler apparently fought to keep the name plain good and he said we had names like mayday at one point i'm like no it's a plane it's called (laughs) plain that's that's reminiscent of Samuel L. Jackson fighting to keep the title Snakes on a Plane yeah. when he was doing that movie. Well, why wouldn't you? Who, who wants to do a movie about Snakes on a Plane not called Snakes on a Plane? I, no one. No one wants to do it. Um, I think that this movie felt like it was made in the early 2000s. Okay. You know, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some bad green screen. There's some cheesy dialogue. There's some questionable plane CGI. But, man, I ate it up. I think where the movie shines is the dynamic between Gerard Butler and Mike Coulter's character. Mm-hmm. So basically the premise of the movie, right, is Mike Coulter or um, Gerard Butler is a pilot. He's flying this plane uh, New Year's Eve. It's got like 15 people on it. And then they add a 16th who is a prisoner who is being extradited to the United States. Go on. If only, so they put this prisoner on a commercial flight. If only there was an airline <laughs> dedicated solely to the transportation of criminals, Con Air. Oh, so long story short, the airline wants to save money and they're like, you got to fly through the storm. Like we can't afford you to go around. It's going to be too much gas. Like you got to go through the storm. Just go up higher. You're fine. We've all flown spirit. Yeah. So naturally, naturally the plane gets struck by lightning mm-hmm. and they have to crash land and they crash land on a remote island somewhere in the Philippines, which is run. The one island in the Philippines that they conveniently land on is run by militia and gangs. <laughs> so now they are just him and the passengers are trying to survive. Also trying to figure out, you know, what to do with this prisoner that they also have on there with him. Um, and, you know, there's these militia gangs, everything. They kidnap a lot of the passengers. So then it's up to Gerard Butler and Mike Coulter, because Mike Coulter has military experience, his character, to go and rescue them. They give Mike Coulter a sledgehammer. Good. During a stealth rescue mission. Good. 
that's all you need to know about the movie. <laughs> I love my culture. Um, where the movie faults is it constantly cuts back every 20 minutes or so to the airline's PR team. But is is it for a comedic bit or is it like a supposed to be a legitimate? Like- no, it's like supposed to be like legitimate intrigue because they're also trying to find ways because they're on this island mm-hmm. that they're not going to get support from the U.S. or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then they're like questioning, do they like hire mercenaries <laughs> to like go in? But they're being like serious. Yeah. And you're just like, I feel like this is not how any of this would work. And there's in that time frame. I didn't recognize any actor in that room. Mm-hmm. So it felt like, why are we having this? Yeah. Why are we cutting away from what everyone wants? Like, to why say? are we cutting away from Gerard Butler? Yeah. At that point. Mm-hmm. Um, it has some great kills in it though that are Good. very entertaining. Good. Um, and, and again, genuinely the first 20 minutes and the last 20 minutes are, it was like, I was on the edge of my seat. Like, What's going to happen? I mean, obviously, you know what's going to happen. But yeah. I'm like, this actually, like, gave me, like, made it, me it never. It had good tension. It made me never want to fly a plane again the first 20 <laughs> minutes. Like, it, I was very impressed by the tension building mm-hmm. uh, of that. And uh, what I liked about it, too, is Gerard Butler in it is just a pilot. <laughs> yeah, like, he doesn't have any military experience. He's not, like, some big tough guy after the fact. Like, mm-hmm. he makes mistakes. He doesn't know how to, like use a gun to any extent yeah i mean he can use yeah. a gun but not like well yeah and i i liked that because you're so used to just like he's accepting like oh he's the pilot mm-hmm. yeah it makes sense that he can do all this it's like why mm-hmm. why does that make sense yeah and they didn't do the thing and there's actually a few cheesy things they do to make fun of some action movie tropes okay but at the same time then they just do other ones yeah so it's like <laughs> kind of a pick and choose of it uh-huh. um Overall, I would say that it is the perfect plane movie. But I would not recommend watching it on a plane because it's about a plane crashing. But, you know. (laughs) That's so specific. That just hit me what you said. Yeah, it's a perfect movie. You're on a flight and you're like, oh, plane. (laughs) Oh, Gerard Butler? All right. Yeah. Like 90 minutes, action, thriller. Yeah. You know, you don't need to be like full focus attention on it, but not bad enough to like not see it Mm -hmm. january movie you know Mm -hmm. i think i gave it three stars on letterboxd so i I did enjoy it okay so is it a recommend i would say it's a recommend if you if you like a cheesy action movie that looks like it was made in the early 2000s fortunately those are my bread and butter so Mm -hmm. i loved it very much yes uh but you know it's it's a good time at the theaters i was very sad they put us in like the biggest theater at the amc not the dolby but the one where you walk behind the screen yeah 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 yeah. and Mm -hmm. there were like 10 people in it (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, why didn't they put this in like the random like Yeah. And we went like on a Friday night at like eight. And I'm like, what's <laughs> happening? That's funny. Yeah. That's really funny. But uh yeah, so you guys there you guys have it. Plain is the movie to see. <laughs> Make sure you check it out. I can't wait to watch it. I'm gonna be catching up on all That's these movies. One, yeah. It's my number one of the year so far. Hey. <laughs> Having only seen three and it being January. Yeah. But you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's where we're at currently. So, yeah, with that movie review section of our show down, I believe that's all we had for you guys today. You got anything else you want to add, Nicholas? Uh, no. Amazing, as <laughs> always. Well, um, either uh, late from work, from the day you guys are watching, either late tonight or tomorrow, Nick and I will have our breakdown of the Oscar nominees because oh, yeah. they come out Tuesday morning. Very exciting. And we can't wait for that, and we can't wait to share those guys with you. So that'll be either tonight or tomorrow. It'll probably be in a Zoom format just because of scheduling and how mm-hmm. life works. But don't worry. It is still coming. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you next time.